He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, former HBO executive and uh, the creator of Comedy Central. Uh, and, and looking back, you would think, well, it's a no-brainer. Who wouldn't love Comedy Central? Well, guess what? He had a lot of pushback. Art Bell is the author of Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor, which is a great, great title, let me tell you. And everyone's oh, got to get it. It is an absolute must. Art Bell, how are you? I am good. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, first of all, let me ask you, how many people have accidentally over the years asked you about UFOs or aliens? <laughs> well, you know what? When you're on radio, nobody knows what you look like. And uh, so... Every time I walked into our hotel, they got all excited, and I said, no, 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 no. I'm the television art bill. And then, unfortunately, the, the poor man died a few years ago, yeah. and my kids called up in a panic when they saw that. Oh, headline. my God. So uh, I, I convinced them that the reports of my death were greatly exaggerated. <laughs> uh, terrific. Hey, congratulations on the book. It's terrific, and again, everyone must get it. Um, what's the genesis of it? How how long has it been in the making? And and don't say 25 years, but, you know, I mean, really, like, when did you start really putting paper, uh, pen to paper or whatever, your fingers to keyboard or whatever you do? <laughs> All of those things. I, I started writing a, about four years ago, and I didn't start writing the memoir, Constant Comedy, uh, how I started Comedy Central and lost my sense of humor. I started writing about my childhood. And I started writing about lots of things that happened and some of the things that I thought were really fun. And among them was how I loved comedy so much as a kid. And I was in writing groups, of course, and the writing groups were always kind of interested in that. And then one day I wrote a story about something that happened at comedy, and somebody said, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure it was the greatest thing I ever wrote, but they were, you know, they stood up and took notice. So I started writing some more stories about comedy, and then I realized, well, wow, a lot of stuff happened, and it was an adventure that I should probably really uh, make, a, make a memoir out of. And so that's what I did. So it's, a, you know, all in, I started writing about five years ago, but I really started getting serious about writing the book about two and a half years ago. Well, listen, we're glad you did. And again, everyone's got to get it. Again, Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor is the name of it. Please buy two of them, everyone. Get one for yourself and get one to give away. Uh, a terrific author right here and a wonderful executive. Art Bell is our very special guest. I, going going back to, uh, you know, I guess the, the origin of this, I, I mean, back then, I mean, it when when Fox was starting that fourth network, I remember there was an argument going around that the, the public wouldn't uh, accept a Fort Network. And I, I thought, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. Anybody that doesn't want a Fort Network can just watch the other three, you know, whatever. And there was a serious argument. I mean, I remember people talking on, you know, things like Crossfire and, and, and saying, you know, that the public just won't support it and, and whatever. And you look back and it's ridiculous. And now how many stations we have. But you came across the same thing. Were you thinking that this is a no-brainer or were you a little, a little concerned that, hey, this is my career on the line here. If, this, if these people are right and this is a crazy idea and people don't want to see comedy 24 hours a day, you know, I, I'm going to look terrible here. I might lose, lose it all. What was your take on it? 
Well, first of all, it was early in my career, so I wasn't really thinking about killing the, you know, the great uh, executive <laughs> job that I had. So, and, and truthfully, when you're, well, at least in my case, when I was that young, I, I said, hey, look, if you're not going to go for it now, when are you going to go for it? When you have a wife, a mortgage, and three kids? You know, so I, I, I really was not averse to taking chances any time in my life, I think, which, as I say that, surprises me, because now I'm scared to death of everything. But yeah. um, <laughs> and in those days... I thought that there should be a 24-hour comedy network. And the pushback you talked about for Fox, the fourth network, was exactly the pushback I got on, on, on comedy. They said, there are so many cable channels out there, I think there were 15, that nobody's going to want another cable channel. And I, I thought that was you know, clearly the most ridiculous article argument. Now we got a zillion cable channels and all the over-the-top Netflix and Amazon, all those things are, are all around. So clearly, those people were wrong, which is a good lesson for everybody. Just because somebody says it loud enough and they're senior to you and they make more money than you and they have the power to fire you and crush you, your career uh, doesn't mean they're right. So, um, you know, you got to stick to what you think is going to happen. And often... Younger people have a better view of what's going to happen than people who've been in the business for years and years. Yeah, you know, you're you're one of those folks, and I've known about you for years. I'm thrilled to finally have you here. But I, you're one of those guys that you could just do nothing else for the rest of your life, and you're gonna you're gonna have established something that's going to be here for a very, very... It's already been here a very long time, but I just think of the, the social uh, uh, differences that it's made in the shows off of Comedy Central and, uh, and, and the pop culture change in history. I mean, your spot is here in history. Is there ever a part of you that's, uh, that's a little depressed, saying, well, what am, I, what am I going to do now? How do I top this? I guess when I first left Comedy Central, I was, you know, I was a little bit distraught. They changed out management, uh, and those of us who weren't in the new management were let go, as is, you know, the custom in, in corporate for a lot of reasons, some good, some bad. Anyway, so I was out of a job, and I really thought, oh, my goodness, you know, am I ever going to work again? I thought people who got fired were just people who did something wrong, and there I had done something right, uh, and nobody disagreed with that. They just said, you know, we can't have you here. You're, you're, you're too involved in what this thing is, and we may want to make some changes. So I um, went on, though, to work for some different channels as a consultant, and then I ended up at Court TV, which was another terrific challenge. Yeah. Uh, you remember Court TV, OJ yeah. and courtroom yeah. trials and yeah. everything. When I got there, that thing was flat on its face. They had very few, yeah, OJ showed up, but they had very few subscribers, and the subscribers' numbers were going south. They didn't have any advertising. They didn't have any primetime programming. They were just running court, court shows over and over. And I said, okay, I'm going to treat this like a startup, the same way I did comedy, and figured out what the primetime uh, uh, show should be, figured out what we stood for, which was not courtroom. It was crime and justice and the criminal justice system. And that opened up a whole new world for us. That, that, and that channel became extremely successful by the time I left eight years later. It was sold to Turner for, you know, billions. Uh, so that was, that was, that was really uh, my next step. And then I went on to do some other interesting things including 3D television. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Listen, I'd love to have more time with you. I know a lot of people are waiting to talk to you, so I won't hold you up. Uh, can you give us a website, a social media site where people can follow along with you and, and the book, of course, 
And uh, again, everyone's got to get constant comedy. How I started Comedy Central and lost my sense of humor by Art Bell. Art, give us a website or a social media site to follow you on. Yeah, go to artbellwriter.com. That's my website. It's got a lot about me. It's got a lot about the book. You can, you know, it tells you how to buy the book there. And it's got some of my writing, some other writings that I've done that are fun and funny and interesting. Uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on that. So I think that's a good place to go. I'm also on Facebook, Art Bell Author. So um, love to have people visit. Now, listen, congratulations on an amazing career, an amazing legacy, no matter what happens from now on. And, and the book is just absolutely terrific. Art Bell, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Art Bell, everyone. The name of the book is Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. And I, I wish I had more time with him, and, and maybe I'll get him back for a, a longer spell. But uh, he has had an amazing career and I love talking to television executives I had Goth Anseer and uh, you know a whole bunch of folks on that have that have been around and especially in that that time change the 80s when, when a lot had uh, had really transitioned from from old school to you know to, to new school and you know I always remember the the story and it's uh, part of a docu uh, documentary uh, that they did on I think he did it on all in the family and, you know, now, you know, you look back and, and see how great All in the Family was and, you know, with Carol O'Connor and the bigoted Archie Bunker and all. But there was a, uh, there was a, a time period where they, uh, they made a pilot of that. And keep in mind what was on TV at the time. I mean, you're talking about the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family. Feel-good stuff, things that weren't going to offend anybody. And all of a sudden, they, they did a pilot of... All in the Family, and whatever it was called, you know, but Carol O'Connor doing it, and, uh, and you know, later uh, Rob Reiner, Carl Reiner's uh, son, uh, played Meathead, Mike Stivic. But I remember the creator of it talking about it, and the, the executive who was over at CBS at the time played it in this, like, little theater at, at CBS uh, headquarters, and they had a whole packed room of, of executives and... Uh, a vice president of programming was there and all these people and so this young executive played it and played the half hour show and it was all in the dark when he ended the show the lights went on and the room was empty except for one guy and he was angry and he turned to the guy who played all in the family and he said we are going to forget that this ever happened we are going to pretend that this never ever happened and he walked out <laughs> in, in a huff and, and this guy figured, oh, wow, that's my career here. You know, it's whatever. But, I mean, think about that. I, I mean, you know, we're, we're watching things at one point, uh, Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres and, you know, old trees. And then all of a sudden CBS uh, took a chance and they put it on in the summer as a, as a, a rerun, you know, as a, a, not as a rerun, as a, a, a fill-in for something. And they put it on and, and it, it got loved by the critics and after a year and they I think they made 13 episodes after a year they got uh, they got all kinds of Emmy nominations and Emmy wins and everything else and the critics loved it and then all of a sudden it was a smash hit and, and they uh, got behind it a you know million percent but once all in the family was a a big hit 
uh, everybody was on it and everybody was, you know, pounding their chest that they created and whatever, but the, the TV executives ran from it. Art Bell, who has been our very special guest, is, uh, is you know, he's part of that new school in the 80s that were there when, when Fox started their, uh, their fourth network that, you know, couldn't be supported by the public. I mean, just ridiculous conversations if you think about it. But Art Bell was the creator of Comedy Central, and the name of his book is Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor is the name of the book, the full name. Uh, absolutely terrific. It's a must-get, and again, hopefully we can get art for a, a longer period of time. Brilliant, brilliant man, and uh, certainly a, a programmer uh, extraordinaire, former HBO executive and, and court TV, as he just pointed out here, but the creator of Comedy Central, Art Bell, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. See you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with an amazing woman, uh, Callie Russell of Montana, uh, has been living outside under trees, uh, tops, everything you can imagine since 2010 and she is uh she is part of uh, of alone frozen and uh, i'll tell you what it's uh it, it's it's amazing to watch i i don't know where they make people like this but i guess montana is uh is a is a good starting point for that but uh what uh what an amazing individual and we're gonna we're gonna watch as this develops, and and uh, survivalists who go to distance will win their share of uh, a five hundred thousand dollar cash prize. Uh, it, you could watch it Thursdays at nine p.m. on the History Channel, and it's streaming the next day. But Callie Russell, how are you? Hi, Frank. I am doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, just uh, amazing what you're doing. And uh, is it much different <laughs> than what you're used to, or is this just uh, is just as, as usual? Is this life as usual for you? <laughs> well, you know, some aspects of it are more of the same. Like, I definitely feel comfortable sleeping outside, camping. That's, that's my happy place. So put me in the wilderness. I'm in my happy place. But there's many things about it that are quite different than my everyday life. Um, for one thing, we're dropped out there with no food. We don't have any food. So if we want to eat, we have to hunt, gather, trap, or fish it. And so that's one of the things. You know, when I go out into the wilderness, I usually bring food and, or I at least know where to get food out there. And I do have a herd of goats that make milk for me, too. So going out there without the food is is quite a stretch. And so cold they drop us right in the winter they drop us in you know you know late october right in the winter there so it's it's pretty full-on more of a challenge than i'm used to in my day-to-day -day life yeah, yeah i know it's not churchill that you're in but i know churchill um uh, you know up in canada or you know i guess kind of around the same uh geographic point uh they have polar bears all over the place are, are you uh are you anywhere near where there'd be polar bears yeah, this season they did drop us in polar bear country. So <laughs> it's uh, they dropped us up in Labrador, so in eastern Canada on the Atlantic coast up there north of Newfoundland, um, up in Labrador. And there, it is polar bear country. So, um, you know, they're, they're seasonal critters, and they move through the land uh, seasonally. 
but it is um, it is polar bear country up there. So it's um, yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, no, it is. It is a big deal. I mean, a polar bear, and I guess maybe maybe a grizzly, but, but more so, a polar bear is one of the few animals on this planet that will hunt a human. I mean, they'll. I mean, they'll. Uh, you know, and again, I don't want to get get in your head any more than uh, what it is. But I mean, is is that a major concern? Yeah, it is. So, um, you know, nor- with, like, black bears and stuff, I've had tons of encounters with black bears. I- I'm not really scared of them. I respect them, but I don't have a fear of them. Uh, but grizzlies are a bit different, and polar bears are, are a really different animal. They um, they are not scared of humans at all. They they will hunt humans, and that is a major a major concern. So I, <laughs> I told the production team, if I see a polar bear, I am tapping out, and I think – any of us that see a polar bear would tap out because to be in polar bear country, you need to have a firearm to be safe. And we don't have firearms out there. We have a bow and arrow and uh, bear spray. So we just have to hope that it's not the season where they're passing through. But if we did see, if we do see a polar bear, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tap out. It's calling for help. And that's, you know, then, but then that's, we wouldn't win the, we wouldn't win the prize money, but that's just how it is. Um, Better to, better to tap out than get eaten by a polar bear. Yeah, you live to fight another day, and and uh, you could always come back. But if that polar bear gets you, forget it. I mean, they're uh, they're they're an unusual uh, creature. What do you do? And and again, you mentioned black bears, but black bear that's a whole different animal than a polar bear. I mean, polar bears like three black bears, you know, uh, piled on top another, you know. But uh, what do you do to protect yourself from from the animals if you only have a, a bow and arrow um you know it's it's not loud uh do you have a do you have a plan uh any food you have i imagine uh you you try to camouflage or or you would uh you would try to uh, you know at least camouflage the smell to keep uh, the bears away uh, give us a little insight on how you handle your food situation yeah, so in bear country, it's like, it's better to sleep away from where you're cooking and where you're eating and then to hang your food, you know, hang it in a cache um, that the bears can't get to at night and, you know, away from where you're sleeping. So that's, that's kind of the standard practice uh, for bear country. And, yeah, that's in, uh, in the polar bear country up in Frozen, the, your number one skill out there for predators is awareness. You know, we're in the modern world, we're sort of trained to kind of not be too aware. We're looking at our phones all the time, wandering around, got earbuds in our ears and listening to music or whatever we're doing. You can't, we couldn't do that anyway because we don't have our phones and we don't have earbuds, so that's not an option. (laughs) But you have to keep your awareness on all the time. You can't be in your head, you know, thinking, you know, you can't just be lost in your head thinking about, um, you know, back, whatever, eating a sandwich back home or something. You got to be focused, you got to be aware. Because as when you're out there for long enough, your senses awaken in a way that you might be, it might be unexpected. You can, your hearing gets better, your sense of smell gets better, and you start to notice and feel things. And you can sense a predator. You, if you're awareness, if you're aware, you can usually sense them when they're around. But the problem is usually we're not aware, and so you get caught off guard, and then there's, you know, a predator's on you. But so your awareness, opening up your awareness skills is it. It's huge in predator country. I I could I can only 
imagine a comparison to uh, men and women that are in combat or, you know, that are, that are solo in combat. I, I didn't even know a comparison in life. I hear a bird uh, in the background. Is that a, what kind of bird is that? Do you know? It, it's a blue jay, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> They're safe. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You, yeah. you make a meal? <laughs> Do you make a meal out of a blue jay? Yeah, the this blue jay definitely has something to say. It's just like flying all around me and like walking. No, it just went into a tree. Um, you know, today I don't need to. I don't. I have food already. I um, have some deer meat to eat, so I don't need to uh, hurt this jay. But if I was on a loan, I would. I would be considering it. Yeah. Well, listen. Just amazing. Uh, you're an amazing individual, and uh, you know everything. Everything I've read about you and heard about you is, is just uh, just unbelievable. They don't make a lot of people like you, and I, I'm sure you know that uh, by now. Uh, what is um, uh, what is the best way somebody could follow you? You. It's hard for you to follow yourself, right? But uh, what's the best way somebody can follow? <laughs> what you're doing in life and what you're doing uh, career-wise and uh, before and after, uh, you know, best place to get information. Yeah, well, just you can look up online, you know, Callie Russell and Capricorn is my handle on Instagram, and that's the name of my website and YouTube and all that stuff is Capricorn. It's like Capra, like goat, and con, like K-H-A-N ruler, so C-A-P-R-A-K-H-A-N, Capricorn. And um, that, so I, I like try to, before a loan, I had no internet presence at all, but now um, after a loan, I do have a bit of an internet presence and try to keep people updated on the latest adventures. So it's um, pretty fun, actually. Uh, Callie, just congratulations on your whole life. What a what what an uh, amazing adventure you're having, and and now we're part of it, and we're able to watch what you're doing. Callie Russell, thank you very much for being here. All right, Frank, thank you so very much, and um, I hope you have a four-rabbit kind of day. Yeah, <laughs> you too. Good luck out there. Callie Russell, okay. everyone, is our very special guest today, and, uh, you know, is survivalist, and uh, the survivalist uh, will, will uh, go the distance uh, to win, or somebody will go the distance to win a share of $500,000 uh, cash prize. Um, new episodes of of Frozen, of Alone Frozen, uh, can be seen on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on the History Channel and streaming the next day. I, I, yeah, I don't even know, you know, where to begin. Uh, Callie Russell, uh, living in Montana, has been living, you know, uh, outside, under trees, tops, canvas, in caves since uh, 12 years ago she started uh, living her life outdoors and uh, you know she's she's learned these survival skills i i just i you know i have nothing but admiration for people who can do it i just i i just can't do it and and you know like some of us consider ourselves pretty thick-skinned and uh, and pretty tough I, no no it's uh, look uh, the combat vets that i mentioned um, the men and women that are, that are out there in harm's way, uh, getting hunted down by humans, and uh, keeping their eyes open for, you know, mortar shells and and grenades and and gunshots and everything else. Uh, it, you know, I, you could we could only imagine what what those folks, those individuals go for, and this is why, um, you know, we see them as heroic figures, and we should, no question about it. But I mean, this is. I, I don't know what else to compare it to other than maybe a combat 
veteran. I mean, they're they're out there, and they're not avoiding uh, humans or that we know of anyway. There's some nuts out there or whatever, but uh, they're not avoiding them. They're avoiding uh, you know uh, polar bears. And she even admitted she taps out if a polar bear gets anywhere close. I read on a Snapple cap of all places that a polar bear could smell a seal from 20 miles away. So I got to believe that a polar bear could smell a uh, a human who are out in the out in the wilderness living. Uh, I imagine they could uh, smell them from about 20 miles away as uh, as well. And and it smells like a pretty good meal for a polar bear. And good luck to Callie Russell and the others. But uh, dropped off in uh, the coast of Labrador, Canada, and uh, just uh, amazing, amazing folks. Callie Russell of Montana has been our very special guest, and Alone Frozen is the name of the show. Check out new episodes, as I said, Thursdays at 9 p.m., uh, 8 p.m. Central, and uh, the History Channel and streaming has it streaming the next day. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, a very talented guy. Paige Vadat is here with us. And uh, I, I think a lot of people got to know him through Bones. But there's so much more. Uh, a lot of a lot of diversity in his roles, a lot of uh, different type of roles. He's always got something going on. Right now, he's got the old man, uh, and he, uh, that's uh, that's on FX slash uh, Hulu. You can see it on Hulu, and uh, he's just absolutely terrific. I'm seeing him uh, opposite of uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. We just had Jill Hennessy a little while ago on Showtime's City on a Hill, and that is terrific. He's terrific. He's also got another series with CW. He's got to be exhausted. Uh, Paige, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Is it, it? Are they all shot at different times, and they're just kind of coming out now, uh, or, or are you uh, are you running at a very hectic pace? Um, I was running at a pretty hectic pace. Uh, we, I was shooting at one point. We, sh- I was shooting all three at the same time, but um, yeah, they were they were kind of staggered for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the beginning, I was shooting uh, City on a Hill. Then I would fly to Atlanta and shoot some Dynasty, and then fly to LA and finish up the Old Man because we started the Old Man about two and a half years ago. But then um, Jeff Bridges, uh, famously, got sick. Uh, he got cancer. We had to stop shooting. Yeah. And he fought through it, and he he's a fighter, and he came out, and we finished it. So, yeah, it was, it, it was pretty it was pretty crazy for the last uh, ten months or so. Yeah, you know, and and that's the last ten months, and prior to that, uh, full blown pandemic. Uh, it's got to be a uh, you know, it's got to be a, a whirlwind of uh, of different type of working situations but i'll tell you it it has to feel good to be hot in your own profession right now and a lot of people uh want you because what you do you do very very well uh to me you look oh, like you. a guy who spends a lot of time on it please don't tell me that you just wake up you roll out of bed and you and, and you start reading lines uh, i i've got to believe you oh, a lot God, of work no. at this yeah uh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. No, I definitely do not roll out of bed. I work my ass off. Yeah. Um, I take it very seriously. I, I respect the craft too much to do something like that. Um, so no, I, I put in the time, and you know, and I, I, I absolutely love it. So it's not work for me. I'm, I'm blessed and lucky to be 
be able to do it and to do it with such incredible artists um it's it's a it's a dream come true i pinch myself every day it's kind of crazy yeah hey if you don't mind give us a little something on the old man and uh city on the hill uh, on a hill is uh, absolutely terrific we can talk about that a little bit but uh tell us a little something about the old man a lot of people are talking i just haven't seen it oh you're gonna love it i promise you it's you know it's funny whenever someone asks me about that show i i, I just say I, I guarantee you'll love it. I, it's one of those one of those rare shows that, you know, you look at the cast. You got Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow and Amy Brenneman and Bill Heck, and you just go, "Wow, this this has to be good." And it is. It's excellent. It's about Jeff Bridges plays an ex CIA operative who his past has come back to haunt him, and the CIA is coming after him, and he's on the run to. Um, to come back and get me. I'm in his past. I play a, a young freedom fighter that he befriended in the eighties, but he kind of uh, screws me over and I'm coming after him as well. So it's, he's just running away. It's one of those thriller shows and he's just a complete, you know, superhero in it. And he's so awesome. So I, I think you would love it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna check. Listen, I could watch watch you and anything, and watch Jeff and anything. Oh, uh, thank too, you. Well, I appreciate I, that. You know, I, I love uh, kind of following uh, along with people's careers and uh, and going back. You got to look at City on a Hill and and think yeah. maybe maybe this is one of those shows that people ten years from now are gonna rewatch and new people are gonna check it out. Th this might be a keeper. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. You're absolutely right. It's it's just a terrifically written show, and Kevin Bacon is, you know, I've never seen him in anything like this. He's so good. Yeah. Um, he plays Jackie Rohr, the FBI agent who he doesn't play the, the rules at all. And, you know, he's just kind of a nasty FBI agent, but he's really good at it, too. And I get to play uh, in this season. He's been kicked out of the FBI and I'm his inside guy in the FBI. And he kind of takes advantage of my ambition to want to be, you know, to rise up in the ranks and he gets me to do some dirty work on the inside and it, yeah i think you're right people will look back at this show 10 years from now and just it'll it'll definitely hold up it's excellent like bones by the way bones is one that uh, bones that's that right yeah so i mean you you've got a lot of that in your past uh, do you have anything uh, anything that resembles a bucket list are, are you kind of uh, going with the flow and just uh, dealing with what uh, what comes about or do you have in your mind uh, are you a strategist you know do you do you say hey I really would like to do this or I'd like to work with this guy uh, or or is it a kind of a combination yeah I think it, it would be a combination that's a great great question uh, one of my bucket lists I got to do and I got to work with Brian Cranston and he's one of my favorite actors so I did a show called Sneaky Pete with him and Giovanni Ribisi and that was a bucket list because he is incredible. And um, I always tell actors, I wish every actor to have the opportunity to work with Brian Cranston because he's, he's not only one of the best actors on the planet, but he's even better human being, except that he's a Dodger fan, which I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah, you're from the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big Giants fan. We would get, a, get in arguments on set about Giants <laughs> and Dodger baseball. But yeah, that was a bucket list for me. But, you know, I do one of the things I want to do is um, I want to be in superhero movies, you know, like a Marvel movie or something like that, which would be amazing for me uh, as an Iranian actor to, to portray something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. That, that's terrific. You also mentioned Giovanni, uh, Arubisi, who's also a terrific actor. Oh, uh, 
Oh my God! It's hard to say he's underrated because uh, you know people know him and whatever, but he he's still very underrated, even though he's he's great. Oh, I agree. He's been at it for a while, but he's great. I agree. Yeah, he's he uh, he he transforms into so many characters. You're right. He is actually underrated because he not enough people know who he is. I think, um, and that that might be by design on his part because he's a kind of a private guy. But he is one of those chameleon actors that you don't think about but once you bring him up and you look through his resume you're like oh my goodness this guy is the real deal and in person he's even better he's uh we did a couple scenes where i was just like wow this he's on a different level he's so good yeah well hey listen i i know a lot of people are waiting to talk to you you're terrific hopefully i can get you for a longer period of time at one point congratulations on putting together an amazing career and all the things that are going on now Uh, and by the way buster posey becoming a part owner a part of the ownership group kind of interesting over there right i mean it's that's brand yeah so that's huge and buster buster can only help us because we need him right now we're 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 kind of we had a pretty bad year so we need buster to come in and Come in and give us a little of his magic that he gave us for 10 years. What a career. Yeah, well, you you, you always seem to uh, bounce back. Great organization there. Um, can you yeah. give us a website or social media site where we could follow along with what you're yeah. doing? Absolutely. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, um, at Pejvidat, P-E-J-V-A-H-D-A-T. And, yeah, follow me and uh, go along with me for the ride. It's been fun, and it's only going to get better from here, I hope. Pej, thrilled to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Terrific actor. And he's, uh, you know, he's getting hot right now. It's a good time to get hot. And, uh, you know, everybody says that about Marvel. Not everybody, but a lot of people say they want to be uh, part of a Marvel thing. And and it's because Marvel is performing at such a a, a high level at this point. Um, Just just amazing what they're doing. Um, And everyone seems to be... Uh, everybody seems to be uh, answering that question the same way, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's another one. He'd like to be in it. Uh, you know, Jill Hennessy just told me she was, um, and you know, look, it's uh, it's interesting to watch their careers, and he's uh, he's got a good one. Bones was the first time I really um, um, really started checking him out. And he is good. He's a very, very talented guy. And he is um, uh, Pej Fadat. And, uh, you know, check him out in City on a Hill. That's got a, a great cast, an absolute great cast. And Kevin Bacon is uh, as, as Jill Hennessy on, on, that, uh, on that show on Showtime. Um, she's his wife, and she's the only female he's not sleeping with, which will give you some idea. He's, a, he's an FBI agent who's... Um, who completely breaks the rules, and you don't usually see that as a, uh, you know, I don't think you see that in in reality too much. I know some people take shots at the FBI. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the for the feds. Um, you know, there's some bad in everyone, but the, the the it's it's hard to 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 have somebody fall through the cracks on uh, on that kind of thing. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Pej Vidat has been our very special guest, uh, wonderful actor. We'll see you next time on breaking it down in many ways long island is the story of america it's breaking it down with frank mckay long island is definitely the place for you now here's your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays i'd like to welcome everyone 
to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with Usman Ali, a wonderful actor, and uh, he does so many things so well. A great stage actor, from what I understand. And uh, I, I know people who've seen him on stage, and um, hey, look, uh, for his efforts, uh, he, he won an Obie, I believe. He'll correct me if I'm wrong, but Usman Ali is uh, just absolutely wonderful in everything I've ever seen him in. And tomorrow, we'll all be able to see him in a comedy series, God's Favorite Idiot, and it premieres on Netflix uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and later on, later on, you could see him on uh, Hulu's thriller, Grim Cuddy. And like I said, he's got range, uh, tremendous talent. Uh, Usman, how are you? I'm well. I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Well, listen, thrilled to have you. And if you can, give us a, give us a little overview of God's Favorite Idiot. For sure, yeah. So God's Favorite Idiot is uh, about a mid-level tech employee named Clark, played by Ben Falcone, who uh, one day finds out that he's glowing, and he doesn't know why. On and off, he just starts to glow. Um, turns out that uh, through the help of his friends, including um, somebody that he's madly in love with, um, Emily Luck, played by Melissa McCarthy, and myself, his best friend, um, Mohsen Raza, uh, he finds out that he is being spoken to and communicated to by God, who needs Clark to get uh, God's message out, because there is a otherworldly battle going on where it looks like Satan might be winning. Um, so Clark has to figure out if he really is speaking to God and what the message is and how to get it out, um, all the while dealing with his day-to-day uh, -day, uh, life and kind of the silliness that goes on there, being an employee at this company he works at, figuring out what love is, and also just uh, trying to get by. So it's a really fun, funny comedy about you know imperfect sort of people who are trying to do the best they can to help the world, finding themselves in a situation that most of us would not, and figuring out if they've got what it takes. You know, I read the description, and, and you know, it's obviously uh, similar to what you're saying there, and, and I loved it immediately. And I said, you know, this is something I would definitely watch. And, and another big reason, you, you, everything I see you in, you, you just, I think you kill. Uh, you do just so uh, wonderfully in a lot of different roles. Do you recognize right away what you would fit in? Uh, and once again, you got a lot of range, so, uh, you know, it's a lot of different yeah. categories. But when you first hear a description like this, do you say, yes, I I'd fit into that? Or do you say, yeah, this might be fun? How do you look at it when it comes across to you? Well, that's a really great question, and you're right. I have been really fortunate to play a variety of different roles, uh, both in drama and comedy, so the range is pretty, is pretty um, uh, large. Um, but for me, when it comes to character, it's, it's a little less so about, oh, this fits me, but more so about, oh, is this an interesting challenge, you know? Um, and uh, also, is it, in this case, with our script, it was like, is this funny? Is this something I want to work on? And when I read the script, I was laughing a lot, you know, and that, that's a really great sign. Um, and I also felt like the characters were really well fleshed out, and most in who I play, there was a lot of detail already there. You know, he's an immigrant to this country, much like I was. He's trying to do the best he can and do it the right way and, and um, you know, fit in. And I, those are all sorts of themes that I've experienced in my life as well that I, that I, that I could relate to. And uh, it felt right and it felt good to be able to have that kind of representation on TV as well because I don't think it's always there. So 
that was exciting. But you know, other roles, it's it's about oh, I mean, when I did Suits, for example, I I had to take down uh, Harvey, who was the lead on the show, and that just was an exciting thing because I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to really go for like a, a, a beloved character that fans really love, you know? Um, and the same thing with Grim Cuddy playing a dad. I'm a, a dad to a very, I have a two-year-old right now, my, my first child. Um, but um, but playing a dad on a TV show was something I hadn't done before. And then Grim Cuddy, I play a father of a kid who's, who's uh, dealing with this meme that kind of comes to life. And so, you know, just those sorts of challenges that they, if they sort of connect with my personal life, great. But it's also just about you know, where's the challenge and, and is this something exciting to do? You mentioned fitting in and knowing what that's like, uh, you know, as being an immigrant coming over here. And we, uh, mm-hmm. of course, we know that uh, we all started somewhere, right? Our uh, our ancestors, a right. couple of people before. And, and I'm always very sympathetic with folks that have to come over and, and, and fit in. Was it easier to fit in, uh, in in society in a general sense, or was it, e- it more less difficult to uh, fit into the business uh, and and the business you chose here? Oh wow, that's a great that's a great question. I think you know, our business in some ways, um, you know, television and Hollywood reflects the world that we live in, and as the world changes, I think Hollywood adjusts as well in the same way. You know, um, when I first came to this country. Uh, when I got here, it was um, it, it was exciting. There was a lot of opportunities, um, you know. And I, I arrived in the United States around the same time as 9/11, and so that sort of did shift things in a lot of ways. This terrible event occurred, um, and then the way people, you know, perceived outsiders or, or, or foreigners also shifted and changed in some places. Um, and so, you know, dealing with that was a challenge. And then also, you know, how that sort of bleeds into television is also challenging because of the way perhaps you know people from South Asia or the Middle East were being perceived was based on that event you know um, so those are the sorts of challenges that I kind of experienced when I came here but also in television and like I said as the world evolves and changes um, I think the, the writing and the things you see on TV and in films those also start to adjust and change so it's been a journey, you know, up and down all the way through in in real life and also, you know, on on, uh, on screen. Well, congrats to you. you. That journey is something that a lot of people have enjoyed watching and just terrific. And God's favorite idiot will be watching tomorrow. Grim Cuddy, if you can give us something real quick on that before we leave and anything else you want to add. Yeah, sure. So Grim Cuddy is a, uh, a horror thriller movie that's coming out in, um, why, I think it's coming out sometime this year. We don't have a, a date set just at the moment, but it's about um, a family and a, a young teenage girl who who um, has a meme that she follows online that sort of comes to life and starts telling her to do things to other people or else this Grim Cuddy character will get her. Um, it is based on some of these sort of things that have happened in the real world as well, believe it or not. Um, and uh, it's about a family just trying to figure out what it is that's feeding this, this monstrosity, this monster that keeps coming to life. Um, and it's, it's really, it's a great little film, and we're very proud of it. Well, listen, congrats on all of this. And uh, if you can, uh, leave us with uh, social media sites or website, anything that, uh, that can give us an advantage on following what you're doing. 
Well, yeah, you know, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, my handle is Usman, at Usman Ali on both of those. And that's predominantly where I'm, I'm way more on Instagram than I am on Twitter. Sometimes I find Twitter to be a bit uh, exhausting, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but, yeah, if, if you're interested in what I'm up to and what's going on, you can absolutely find me on Instagram at Usman Ali. Uh, Usman, uh, thank you very much for being here, and congrats on everything. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Take care. Usman Ali has been our very special guest. Check out God's Favorite Idiot tomorrow. He's an OB winner. He's a uh, SAG Award uh, winner. Uh, you know him from Veep with uh, Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus and uh, and so, so many things. I mean, I, I, got a, I got a whole list of things that I'm going to point out uh, as, uh, as we uh, move on here to, uh, to check them out. And, and I, you know what? I, it, every once in a while you see somebody and you just say, this guy's got it. And, and then you see him in another role and you don't even realize it's him. And he's one of those people. He's one of those people. Suits, um, uh, super, uh, Max's super intelligence is terrific. And series of unfortunate events uh, is, uh, is another one. But a, a tremendous amount of range. And we'll be able to see that over the next couple of months between Netflix and Hulu. And it's uh, nice to talk to someone who does what he does very well, or does what she does very well. And, you know, you come across people like this once in a while that uh, that uh, you can define as as being, uh, well, having great range. He does. Uh, Yusman uh, Ali is uh, has been our very special guest uh, God's favorite idiot it sounds it sounds good you know he I I, I just you, you know for him to do a role like that I'm sure he's gonna I'm sure he's gonna do very well but that's not the type of role that you would uh, I would th- th- think to see him in but then you look at his IMDB and you look across it and he's got all types of of situations going there whether it's small screen or big screen and uh, Grim Cuddy it sounds you know uh, you know a thriller um, Frank McKay signing off Usman Ali has been our very special guest we'll see you next time on Breaking It Down this is Breaking It Down with your host Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays